All right, hello and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 113. Um, if you're watching on the YouTube right now, just like fair warning, I'm actually not sure if you're going to be able to notice it, but I notice it. So I had a a tough sunburn last week that on uh, a portion of my face right below my eye, it got pretty bad and then kind of caused my eye to like inflame a little bit. Um, so right below it, it's it's a little bit puffy. I think I did a decent job covering it up. Uh, for this video, but if you're looking at my face and you're like, ooh, looks slightly different. I didn't get punched in the face. It's just, we're working through the sunburn. We're getting there. I have no idea why that happened. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Summertime, it kind of happens. I have pretty sensitive skin. So we're we're working through it. But if you um, happen to notice, that's what's, that's what's happening there. Uh, you might not notice at all, because like I said, I think it's, I notice it more and I did an okay job covering it up. But um, wanted to start with that just in case you are watching. And that's a good reminder, actually, if you're listening to this, go to the YouTube and maybe watch and subscribe to the YouTube as well. I'm going to try um, to continue to post episodes there, post some shorts from the episodes there as well, uh, especially as we get into football season and content starts to ramp up a little bit. Um, we're going to we're going to try to use that a little bit more. So um, definitely check that out. Um, and I'll put, I'll try to put in the description of an episode, if I remember when I'm done recording this, a link to the YouTube so that you can find it there, but just a girl from Cleveland, all the same stuff right there. Um, okay. So we have a couple of random topics to get into, but, um, we are currently six weeks away from the Browns first regular season game. So football is, it's coming, it's moving quickly. Uh, I feel like I uh, kind of for maybe the next six weeks will constantly be saying football's back because you say it for pretty much every preseason game. Um, we'll say it for the Hall of Fame game and then, you know, come week one. So it's just a long period of time of of pretending like it's actually back until it is very much back on September 10th, I think it is, when we face the Bengals at home. Um, so it should have a lot more content coming to you soon, which is very exciting. Um, so a couple of random topics, like I mentioned, I want to get into. Um, I want to talk about Marquise Goodwin, Bronny, um, Jim Harbaugh, his suspension, Ohio State quarterback competition. That's another topic that I think is coming up uh, a little bit more lately. Uh, I want to discuss running back value, which has been a big conversation in the NFL as of recently, and then touch on some of what's going on with the Cleveland Browns lately. So we will get into all of that, uh, starting with Marquise Goodwin. So uh, this was during, at, actually at the very beginning, I believe, of camp, where it came out that Marquise Goodwin was having some like leg pain and shortness of breath. And so the doctors checked him out and it turns out that he had blood clots in his legs and in his lungs, which is pretty terrifying actually. And very good to hear that they were able to catch it when they did before anything super bad could have happened. Um, but that's still a very scary situation. And I think, um, you know, just from obviously the human aspect, you feel bad for him, but from the football aspect, you wonder if this has any effect on, his ability to play in the future. Now, in my opinion, he was pretty much a lock for a roster spot in the wide receiver group. Um, and I think he was showing a lot this summer that people were really excited about having a speed guy um, out there, someone who has a lot of experience in this league. I think people were really looking forward to that. And um, I don't know if this is going to affect his future entirely or what the situation is going to be, but 
Um, I think they're going to have to either start looking at some other options and maybe different guys they want to bring in because I do not think you can go into the season saying that our speed guy is going to be Anthony Schwartz. Like, I, I just really don't want that to be the option we move forward with. Um, so once they have more information on this, I hope they're able to make a decision and then just kind of move forward with um, – you know, looking for other guys, bringing them into camp, bringing them in in the preseason and seeing uh, if we can get a replacement there. Um, I mean, I hope he's obviously okay because I was pretty excited about him, but um, you just, you don't know with stuff like that. It Blood clots have ended players' careers before because the risk of once they get on, um, you know, this medication, usually blood thinners, it, the risk of, you know, bleeding from playing the sport is is pretty high, internal bleeding. So, it's not something you really want to mess around with. I think Chris Bosch, it might have, um, he might have had some issues with that. There's been a ton of players in the past who have, so I think it's something to definitely keep an eye on on um, what the the reasoning is behind these plug, blood clots and how they decide to move forward with him. Other medical news, you know, apparently I guess this is a medical podcast now, but um, very scary situation with Bronny. At USC, uh, he was practicing and he ended up literally just like collapsing and going into cardiac arrest during this practice. We don't have a ton of details about the situation other than the fact that he is okay. I read somewhere that he showed up when once he got to the hospital, he was already conscious again. So they were able to very quickly, um, clearly bring him back um, out of this cardiac arrest, which is really good to hear because, you know, in those situations, the longer that you let it go on, um, it can, you know, cause brain damage, cause a lot of other issues. Uh, and LeBron posted some videos the other night of their family going, uh, it looked out to dinner or something like that together. And he looked great and he was playing the piano and it seems like he's doing well. Um, I think, you know, they haven't said anything specifically about about what caused this cardiac arrest to happen. It could be a variety of reasons, maybe something undetected that he had that was, you know, a, a hereditary issue that, you know, some of these things are, are really, really hard to find, even if you are getting regular checks by the doctor, unless, um, you know, you you are like getting these extensive tests to figure out what it happens. A lot of times you're just not going to know until it presents itself in a way like this, which is really scary. I mean, he's an 18 year old kid. You just hate to see that happen. So I'm hoping he's okay um, just in general for his future. But I think this is bringing up a lot of questions as well about can he play basketball in the future? Should he play basketball? What's that going to look like? So it'll be really um, interesting to see what comes out on this, but I mean, all in all, it's just great news that he ended up being okay and getting help as quickly as he did. Spent a few days in the hospital while they ran some tests and um, yeah, very, very scary situation for sure. Um, Okay, so Jim Harbaugh, next topic to go from that to Jim Harbaugh is an interesting transition. Not much to say there, but Jim Harbaugh is going to be suspended for four games um, for his... They've been, I think, you know, investigating this for a while of his breaking an NCAA rule of illegal contact with recruits. Um, I think this conversation has been going on for quite a few months right now, and it seems like they've decided on a four-game suspension, which 
to be honest, not a big deal when you look at their schedule. Their first four games of the season are East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. So if you lose one of those games, then you honestly deserve (laughs) um, whatever's coming to you for the season in terms of rankings and playoff potential and all of that good stuff. You should, no matter who is coaching, if you are, you know, that team up north, you should be beating those four teams. So I don't think this will have too big of an effect on them. And I think I read somewhere that Harbaugh will still be allowed to work with the team in practice. It's just not during those games during those first four weeks. So really, um, like I said, not going to affect them too much, but thought that was interesting and something to keep up with. Um, It would, you know, probably affect Ohio State a lot more if that happened to them because I think our fourth game of the season is against Notre Dame. So little bit of a big difference uh, between levels of competition in those first four games. And I think that's important when looking at uh, the suspension and how it's going to impact uh, that team up north. Can never say their name. I just can't, you know, I, I slip up here and there, but it's really hard for me. I can't get around to it. I have been programmed in such a way that I just, <laughs> I can't say the name. It doesn't work for me. Okay, so in the college football realm, um, another thing like I mentioned I wanted to talk about is the Ohio State quarterback competition, which we haven't had one of these in quite a while because C.J. Stroud has been our quarterback for some time now. Prior to that, it was Justin Fields when he transferred and was pretty much a shoe-in for that starting position. So it's been a minute uh, since there was some uncertainty around the quarterback position at Ohio State. It's interesting. I always get scared in these situations when we have a new guy, um, even though if you look at the last decade of Ohio State quarterbacks, we've had Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Cardale Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, CJ Stroud, like incredible list of collegiate quarterbacks. um, And all were just ridiculously talented and had a ton of success. So, you know, that history tells me to not be too nervous about this, but I just don't have a lot of information about either Kyle McCord or Devin Brown to feel totally comfortable with either of them going into the season. Like I'm just need to get, like I need to see it physically before I can, um, you know, make any statement about it. But I guess I think back to when CJ was first starting and I think he had a rough couple first games. I, I actually remember speaking about it on this podcast because people were like, get this guy out of here. He's not, he's not it. He's not what we're looking for. Um, and you know, he obviously was able to turn that around and, you know, now is in the NFL. So uh, I think we just need to be patient with it. Um, Luckily, our season, I know, starts with Indiana, then Youngstown State. Can't remember week three, but then week four is Notre Dame. So decently easy schedule to start the season up until Notre Dame. Um, And it seems like from what Ryan Day and others have been saying, that it might actually take them a few weeks into the season to give both Kyle McCord and Devin Brown some actual in-game reps, see how they do, and then make a decision um, and hopefully make that decision before the September 23rd game against Notre Dame. I personally would like them to know what they're doing going into week one. I hate the kind of back and forth, let's see who's going to win the job in actual games. It makes me a little bit nervous. Even week one, like Indiana... um, you know, they're not obviously an incredible top tier team that we should be extremely nervous about, but they are a big 10 team that, you know, has played us tight in certain years in the past. So it does make me a little nervous to kind of be on the fence at that point, not really sure what our game plan is. Uh, And uh, I just, I would love to know before week one, but I'm not sure if that's actually going to be 
realistic. So between McCord and Brown, McCord, I believe, has a little bit of a leg up on Devin Brown. He was, interestingly, I don't know if everyone knows this, I feel like most Buckeye fans do, high school teammates with Marvin Harrison Jr., which, by the way, beyond excited about Marvin Harrison Jr.'s season. I think he's going to make whichever quarterback they choose look incredible because he could quite possibly be the best receiver that Ohio State has ever had. That dude is so talented, works so hard. I think he's going to be one of the top picks in the NFL draft this coming year if he can stay healthy. He is just a great talent, so I think that's going to help a lot. Um, But he has that connection with McCord, um, and I just feel like just even though Ryan Day hasn't given that clear indication either way, McCord was able to play in the spring game. Fans were able to see more of him. Um, I believe Devin Brown had... I don't know if it was like a fractured finger. He had some type of random issue going on that he wasn't able to play in the spring game. So I just feel like I publicly haven't seen him and what he's able to do as much, which which makes me lean towards McCord. But who knows what's really happening behind the scenes. I'm sure we'll get more information as it comes closer um, to college football season starting, which literally just gave me the chills to say that. Like I am, I am so excited for football season this year. It brings me so much joy every year. Um, I'm locked in, I'm ready to go. I'm so pumped. Um, and as I start to see, you know, Jersey pictures, those different things of the upcoming season, I, you know, I get really excited for some Ohio state football. So ready to go there. But like I said, we will wait and we will see what happens with the quarterback competition. Okay. Switching over NFL talk now, the running back conversation. This has been one of the bigger conversations dominating the last few weeks of football talk, Um, and it's come from a couple of different angles. Most recently, Jonathan Taylor of the Colts asked for a trade because he was asking for uh, a certain amount of money in his next contract, and it looks like the Colts and Jim Irsay specifically, with his Twitter hands, are not <laughs> not interested in giving him that money. Um, and this conversation has been going on even further back in the last couple of weeks, um, where actually all of the running backs, most of them, I would say, were on a call together, having discussions about what they can do as a group together to change. Uh, the future for other running backs in this league. I know Saquon was holding out for a while, ended up getting like maybe an extra million on his contract. Like it wasn't a lot, um, a lot more than what he was originally going to get anyways. A lot of other talented running backs have had similar issues. Um, So it feels like the running backs are trying to come together, uh, maybe work with the NFL Players Association and figure out what they can do with the league uh, to just make things better for the position. Um, And look, here's my kind of take on all of this. I understand from the team perspective that they see that you can draft a young running back in like the third round and that guy can like carry you to the Super Bowl and have incredible success and be talented rather than paying a running back that's maybe like 26 years old going into their second contract and you, you know, don't want to give them that additional money because you know that their productivity is probably going to be going down in the coming years. Um, It's really a financial decision for the team to um, draft someone rather than signing a bigger deal because of what they have seen other teams do and have success with it. I don't think it's because teams think running backs are 
like bad and don't matter for um, the success of an offense because their role on the field is extremely important and impactful. And teams definitely know that. It's just other players are more... I would say running backs are more easy, easily replaceable with young new guys compared to other positions where if you're looking for an edge player coming out of the draft, it might take him a couple years to really get his footing or a corner coming out of the draft might take him a couple years to really get his footing. Um, so you're going to go with the more talented, established guys uh, who you know already have that it factor and they will have some longevity in this league. Whereas for running backs, a guy could come in year one on his rookie deal and already make an, an incredible impact. Like we saw, we've seen the Chiefs do this. We've seen a lot of teams do this where um, they're just more interested in putting their money elsewhere because they know they can find success at running back with guys that they don't have to give them as much money. Um, so I understand it from the team perspective and I don't think it's because they don't think running backs are important. I think they do realize it's important. It's just where you're allocating your money based on how players are performing at different ages, different levels, different contracts. Um, I do think the better solution from the players side, because I do understand why they, they're like, Hey, we should be getting our money, um, for what we are giving to this game and what we're putting on the field. And we're not getting in that in our first contracts. And then people aren't giving us um, any decent money in our second contracts. I think the solution would be to change something with the first contracts that running backs get. I don't know, you know, the behind the scenes of exactly how this would work, but something needs to change there when they are at their most valuable, which for running backs, I think is probably in their first contract um, to change something there so that they can get the majority of their money at that point in time before their value starts to decrease later on into their career when they're looking for those future deals and not getting the money then. So like I said, I don't know how this would look on the back end, but I think that's the conversation that the NFL Players Association and the NFL need to have in the coming years uh, as they figure out what they want to do about this because obviously the running backs are unhappy and I understand why they are and I understand why the teams are operating in the way that they do. Um, I do have to say I just feel lucky that the Browns you know, locked down Nick Chubb in the way that they did and that we haven't had to have this conversation at all on our team because we're usually in pretty much every single conversation that happens in the NFL where things are going wrong. So it feels good to not have to be a part of this one uh, based on what we have done in the last few seasons. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Nick Chubb as always. Um, okay, so some other Browns talk. Um, Browns have been in West Virginia since the 22nd, I believe. Um, I'm recording this on the 30th, and I think they are supposed to be coming back tomorrow um, and, you know, getting ready for the Hall of Fame game. Um, I think the West Virginia project, I will call it, for them all being there together for, I think it was like eight, nine days or something, is has been really good for them, I think, in a lot of ways. I think it's a good bonding opportunity to get the guys away from Cleveland and to spend time together because... When you're in Cleveland, you know, week to week, you probably hang out with the same people. You go home after practice and you see your family, eat your dinner, go to bed, come back the next day. This kind of forced them to spend more time together in different ways and maybe with guys that they wouldn't really spend time with that aren't in their core group of friends on the team. So I think in that sense, this has been really good for them. Um, you know, I would say the camp darling of West Virginia and 
I think even before that in some of the videos we've seen throughout the summer, and I think will continue to be as training camp uh, comes back to Cleveland, would be Elijah Moore. I think I've seen the most talk about what he's been doing, um, what he can do in Cleveland, uh, just compared to what he was able to accomplish in New York. And, you know, I, I, I do think he's going to be great too. I hope it isn't just this speculation where we build up some guy so much and then it doesn't end up coming to fruition. Um, but I really do think what we have seen from him is special and he can be really impactful in this offense. So I do agree with everyone. I'm excited about him, but I just want to keep the pressure as low as possible because uh, it never works out when you put um, these high standards on someone who's first year on this team in this offense working with a new quarterback, like, let's just kind of see how it goes first. Uh, Today, interestingly, at practice, there was a little skirmish between uh, James Hudson and Oboe, um, and people were kind of freaking out about it a little bit. I think they're just tired at this point. They've been in West Virginia for, like I said, eight days or something. Um, I think they're tired, and they probably want to come home now, and it's hot outside, and sometimes it just the moment gets the best of you. I don't think it's really a huge deal. I don't think there's some culture issue, some leadership problems. Like I think it's just they're tired. They've been playing hard for eight days. They are just ready to come back home and sleep in their own bed again. So I'm not going to read too much into that or get too bent out of shape about it. Um, So yeah, that's where we're at with the Browns now. The Hall of Fame game is coming up this week on Thursday. I'm going to be there, which is very exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Obviously, it's like kind of a fake football game. Zach Wilson is starting for the Jets, which will be interesting. Obviously not Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm thinking probably Kellen Mond and DTR for the Browns are going to be the starters for quarterback. I don't know which. I think maybe Kellen Mond starts first and maybe DTR comes in in the second half. I'm not sure exactly how they're planning uh, to break that down. But um, I don't think either team is going to have many other starters, if any at all, playing uh, in this game. So it'll just be fun and fun to celebrate Joe Thomas and have the Browns be a focus in a positive way because, you know, we've had a lot going on with this team in the last year with Deshaun Watson. Um, It's really hurt, uh, I think, the reputation of just the team in general and even before that, the last few years, all of the drama with Baker, all of the history of this team in general, just the Browns not ever really getting to be celebrated. Like it's very rare that uh, nationally the Browns are being celebrated. So I'm really excited for Joe and excited for the Browns to have a little bit of a positive spotlight on them for once. I think it'll be a really nice weekend and I'm looking forward to it. Um, So we've got Hall of Fame game. Then we've got preseason commanders, Eagles. I think Eagles is who they're doing joint practices with in Philly. And then we have our last preseason game against the Chiefs, which, hey, hopefully this is like an AFC championship preview game. Like, let's call it that. Why not? Let's throw that out in the universe. Um, So we've got that one to round out the preseason. Like I said, we're basically six weeks out from week one. It's going to come up quick. I guess one other note about week one this past week, Joe Burrow uh, was injured in practice. He had a calf strain. It was actually, it made me nervous when you saw it because it didn't look great. And then they brought the cart out and took him out on the cart, which is always scary and not something you ever really want to see happening. Um, And he seems like he's going to be okay that it's not a more severe injury, but calf strains can really linger for a while and you don't want to bring someone back too quickly and re-irritate it. Um, So I think we should keep an eye out to see what his status is going to end up being for week one. And even if he comes back 
I don't know, starts playing a week before, I do think that affects what they're going to be able to do um, and him just not getting this time throughout training camp. Um, I mean, I don't think it's anything too crazy because he obviously already has his connection with his receivers. Um, Jamar Chase, T, like they're good to go there. I don't think there's a ton of concerns about them clicking, uh, but I do think it'll be something interesting to keep an eye on. And look, I hope he plays. I still like Joe Burrow, even though I hate the Bengals. (laughs) I still like Joe Burrow. I never want to see anyone get hurt. I also want want us to play the best competition possible so that we can feel good about it and that there's no asterisk next to a game that says, hey, I know the Browns won, but Joe Burrow didn't play. So does it really matter? Um, I want to be able to beat the the best competition out there. So we will see what happens. But either way, football is back, baby. Um, All right. So that is all I have for you guys today. Uh, Like I said, subscribe to the YouTube. I am going to try my best to remember to put it in the the description of this episode. I would very much appreciate that. Also subscribe on Apple, Spotify, leave a review, rating, all of that good stuff. I would very much appreciate it. Um, As we get more into football season here, these episodes should start to be more regular again. Things kind of get off cadence throughout the summer and the off season in general, because, you know, as much as this is a Cleveland sports podcast, we know that football rules the world. Um, and it rules my mind at pretty much all times. So, uh, it's going to kind of come back and be more regular again here as we actually get into the season. So definitely have that to look forward to, but thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you have a good one and go Browns.